but God never changes. Thank God for that. Amen. Glad to have everybody in the house of the Lord today, here and watching live stream. I thank you for making it a priority to put the Lord first. Good to have my family here. Amen. All of my extended family. Glad they're here. And I feel like I have a word from the Lord today for you. If you have your Bibles, Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And I just want to say that there will be no service this Wednesday night. Now, I've told many people uh, before that uh, there was a lady named Sister Goldie in Oklahoma. And uh, she would say hallelujah at the wrong time. She would just get lost in it and say hallelujah, Jesus. And I remember my dad saying, hey, we'd have no service Sunday. She'd go, hallelujah, Jesus. So hopefully that's not your response today, but uh, it is work day. We have a lot of things that need to be accomplished. So I'm challenging you, please be here Wednesday. Get on your work attire. Actually, this whole week we want to uh, do our part and to uh, make the grounds and everything as nice as we can. We're going to celebrate a man that has given his life for the kingdom. And we're going to celebrate him on the 27th and uh, just challenge the church to be the church. And let's do the best that we can. And um, amen. Pray for our family. Pray that God would give us strength. I believe he is going to. Uh, I didn't ask permission, so hopefully it's okay with Mama that I have Bishop's Bible here today. So preaching with Bishop's Bible. Amen. Amen. He loved the house of God, loved the things of God. Amen. Love everybody today. Joshua chapter 4, verse number 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm. Twelve stones, and you shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in the time to come saying what mean ye by these stones then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Turn around to that person next to you and just ask them that question. What do these stones mean? God bless you. You may be seated today. The children of Israel were in bondage for over 430 years. They lived in bondage. They lived in fear. They were ruled and they were governed by cruel taskmasters. They 
lived in a very harsh condition. The children of Israel lived in captivity. They lived in bondage. And the Egyptians made their lives miserable. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 1 verse 13. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with the hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. And all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. Exodus 2.23 says, And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by the reason of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. They lifted up their voices in the midst of pain and in the, the midst of suffering, in the midst of bondage. The Bible said they cried unto the Lord. And verse 24 says this, And God heard their groaning, and God remembered His covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob. Can I just pause right there for a moment? And just say, thank God for a God that hears us. Thank God for a God that listens to our cry. You may think that nobody knows and nobody understands. You may think that your prayers are in vain and that nobody hears them. And you may think that you're facing this all alone. But can I tell somebody on Father's Day in 2020, there is a God that hears us. There is a God that hears you. There is a God that knows exactly what you're up against, exactly the turmoil that you're in, and He hears you. He hears your cry. Many will say, why are you so happy? Why are you so excited? You're facing destruction. You're facing tragedy. You're in the midst of the battle. You've lost it all. You've lost your mind. Why are you smiling? I can tell you today the reason why I'm smiling is because I have a daddy that hears me. I've got a father that knows exactly what I'm facing. I know it looks bleak to you. I know it looks daunting to you. But I've got a God that hears me. The God of heaven, he hears me. And I've got a father that cares about me. Oh yeah, that's why this preacher will lift up his hands on a Sunday morning and give him praise. That's why this pastor that stands behind this pulpit will lift up my voice and give him worship to a God that hears me, to a God that is a very present help in times of trouble. Somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to give him worship. Not because everything's going right. No, but there is a God that's with you when all things are not going right. Thank God for a God that hears me. Thank God for a God that knows exactly where I'm at. God never promised that he'd give you or calm every storm in your life. But he did promise, I'll give you peace in the midst of the storm. And so God hears their cry. He hears their groaning. He remembers the covenant. 
He remembers the agreement that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob. And so God raises up a preacher from the house of Levi by the name of Moses. And we find that he positions Moses on the backside of a desert. Now, I know we don't like deserts. I know we don't like valleys. We like mountaintops. Nobody likes to go through famine. Nobody likes to go through pain and hurt and discouragement. But somehow God put Moses in the desert. He positioned him because he knew that Moses was going to have a burning bush experience. Exodus chapter 3, 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I mean, I, think about it. You got a burning bush that's not consumed. And Moses said, I'll now turn aside. I mean, brother, I don't know your vocabulary. They're like, man, check it out. This thing's not consuming itself. But Moses just said, you know what? I'm going to turn aside. And I'm going to see this great sight. Why this bush is not burnt. That's what the Bible says. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. When God saw Moses turn. When God saw Moses walking towards him. Bible said God called him and God spoke to him. Can I tell you today, there are too many people that are waiting on God to move. There are too many people that are just waiting on him. When the reality is, God is waiting on you to just activate your faith and walk towards him. To activate your faith and just seek him. To just draw nigh unto him. For his word says, if you'll draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. That's God, what God's waiting for. Anybody, somebody that'll make up their minds. I'm going to walk towards him. Can I tell you, if you seek him, you're going to find him. If you knock, it shall be opened. Bible said God is no respecter of persons. Doesn't matter how long you've been in this thing. You just lift up your voice and say, God, I'm in need of you today. I know I came yesterday. I know I came the day before. I know it's the same old prayer. But God, I'm in need of you. I need your presence. I need your touch. I can't make it without you. God responds to faith. So the children of Israel, we know the story. And we know how God begins to break it down to Moses. Exodus 3, 6 says, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The Bible said Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have certainly seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of 
the Egyptians and to bring them up out of a land, a good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. God speaks to Moses. He said, I'm going to deliver my people, and guess what? I want to use you. I know you stutter. I know you're slow of speech. I know your shortcomings. I know what you can't do. But Moses, I want to use you. We've got too many people say, well, I can't preach. I can't sing. I, I don't have any talents. And God says, that's exactly what I want to use. Because the people that think they can preach and the ones that think they can sing think they're all that. And God says, I don't need that. I just need ignorant fishermen to confound the wise. I'm telling you, it's not about your talent. It's not about your ability. But it's about you saying, God, I'm available. I don't have much. I've just got a little fish and a little bread. But I'm going to give it to thee. Somebody shout, God wants to use me. He does. Exodus 3.19 says, and I am sure. Now look. He said, Moses, I know what you can't do. But I'm going to deliver Israel. And I'm going to use you. But guess what? The king will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. You're going to get there and think he's going to lay over and give you whatever you want, but he's not going to let you. Go, not by a mighty hand, but I'm going to stretch out my hand. And I'm going to smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he'll let you go. We know how it unfolds. We know about the ten plagues that came upon Egypt. We know about the water turning to blood. The frogs that covered the land. The gnats that came upon people and animals. And the swarm of flies. And we know everybody loves flies. But the swarm of flies that were on the Egyptians and the officials and all their household. We know about the ten plagues on the livestock of all the Egyptians died. We know that boils came upon people on them and animals. We know about the horrific hailstorm that struck everything in the field, both people and animal. We know about the plague of locusts that covered and devoured the land. We know about the total darkness that covered Egypt for three days. And we know about the plague of the firstborn. That every firstborn son in Egypt died. But everybody in Goshen that had the blood applied to the doorpost, the death angel passed over them. Can I tell you, all this came upon Egypt, but it never touched the children of Israel or their animals. We know how the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army approaching and God rolls back the water and the children of Israel walk on dry ground. We know that the Red Sea closes back up and destroys Pharaoh and his army. We know how God provides a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. We know how God provided the manna that fell from heaven. We know how God let water flow from a rock in Kadesh. We know how God provided and took care of the children of Israel time and time again. God provided for the children of Israel. And now they get to the Jordan River. Joshua 3, 5. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. 
And Joshua spake unto the priest, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. The priest carrying the ark of God on their shoulders. Some say it weighed over 600 pounds. And the four priests stood there all day as the children of Israel began to walk on dry ground. And there's a message in itself. The power, the weight that the priests carried upon their shoulders. But we realize that the children of Israel walked on dry ground. And the Lord instructed Joshua. He said, listen, when everybody passes over, I need you to get some men together. Men out of every tribe and have them grab a stone from where the priest stood. Have them put it upon their shoulders and have them bring it to their lodging place. Have them bring it to their home that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, what mean ye by these stones? Can I tell you there is coming a day when your kids are going to ask you, Daddy, what do these stones mean? Daddy, what's so important about this stone? Daddy, what's the big deal? What does the stones represent? God said, I need you to get some men. I need you to have them grab a stone because there's coming a day that they're going to ask, what do these stones mean? Because Deuteronomy 6.12 says, Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. God was telling Joshua, those stones need a voice. Those stones need to be visual. Your kids need to see these stones. For many may forget what they hear, but they'll never forget what they see. And your kids are going to ask you one day, what do these stones mean? I need you to stand up and tell them it was the stones. It was the remembrance that God delivered us from bondage, that God rolled back the waters, that God fed us with manna from heaven. I'm telling you, you our kids need to see us pray our kids need to see us in the word of God our kids are going to ask us daddy why do we have to go to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night why do we have to come to Monday night prayer why do we have to come to Wednesday night Bible study why do we have to come to work day on Saturday why is the house of God? Why is the stone so important? What's the meaning behind the stone, Brother Rudy? Why do you live for God? Why do you come to church? Do you come because you don't want a phone call from pastor saying, Hey, haven't been in church in a while. You come to church because you don't want me knocking on your door saying, where you been? The kids are going to ask you, why are you faithful in your giving? Why are you faithful with your tithes? 
I need a new bike. I need a new toy. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? I'll tell you what these stones mean. He brought me out of a miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. Hallelujah. He put a song in my heart today. A song of hallelujah. I'll tell you what these stones mean. He delivered me. He forgave me. He turned this knucklehead around. Before you say, man, pastor, you bad. He took the bottle away from you. He took the drugs out of your home. He put your marriage back together. That's what these stones, that's what they mean. It's a new life. It's a new beginning. When I repented of my sins and I was buried, (laughs) when I was buried in the watery grave of baptism and I put on his name, there's power in the name. He filled me with a gift of the Holy Ghost. He took the most unruly member of my body. You've heard the old adage, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie from hell. There are people today that are still hurting because of what words were spoken as they were a kid. And they place their value and their worth by what others said about them. When they need to understand, there is a God that can turn things around. There is a God that can take that most unruly member of your body. The member that can make life and death. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you. And you're going to speak in tongues with the evidence. Speaking in tongues, you get the Holy Ghost, the evidence. As the Spirit gives, not man gives, but the Spirit gives utterance. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the new birth experience. See, there's many of you today that feel like, you know, you've been good all your life. You're speaking in tongues when you came out of the mother's womb. I was not that way. Many of you have a heritage in this, and thank God for those that have a heritage. I was talking to our men yesterday as we were breaking bread and I said, I was not lucky enough to grow up on a Pentecostal apostolic pew. I said, my wife was, but I was not. And I'm so thankful that God turned my life around that I can now allow my babies to experience this. But if we're not careful, if we don't... If we lose the wonder of this, if we lose the hallowedness of this, our kids will forget about it. So we have to have mom and dads that'll hold up their stones, that'll place it in their lives and let our kids know this is the meaning, this is the reason. It's the stone that made the difference. Psalms 119 says this, I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. For this is the stone 
which the builders rejected. But it's now become the head stone of the corner. This world doesn't want it. This world refused it. This world says, live your own life. The church, the stone, it's not essential. But Brother Arden, not for me. This stone has become my chief cornerstone. Everything I am, everything I desire to be is all because of the stone. He is my rock. He is my fortress. I'll build my life around him. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Somebody, I lift your voice right now and thank God for somebody that held the stones in your life, that somebody held the banner of truth. Thank God for the stones. My daughter took a trip. I got to hurry. My daughter took a trip. I haven't taken that trip yet. She's been more places than I've been. And I thank God that my kids are so far advanced at their age than I was. And I, I'm not in any way trying to have you pat me on the back. But I am grateful that God gave me mercy, that God gave me compassion. My kids say, well, I don't have a testimony like that. No, you have a greater testimony. God kept you away from all that. Amen. My daughter took a trip of a lifetime. Was it 16 days? 16 days in Israel. She made the journey from Egypt to Canaan to Israel. What an incredible trip that she made. And I know today that you may look at this rock and you may think that it's insignificant. But she took some rocks from her trip. This is from Mount Sinai. This is where God appeared unto Moses and he gave us the Ten Commandments. He appeared unto men. And I remember you telling me you, you, you went up there at midnight and, and, and you made a big journey and you got there as the sun began to rise. She said, Dad, I felt the presence of God. It was so amazing. I've got another rock. These aren't valuable to many, but they're priceless to me. From Jericho, the walls came down. For the walls fell. Can I tell you, God is still in the business to break down walls in your life. To break down barriers in your life. To break down bondage in your life. God still has the power to open up that prison door. Then, I've got one of the tomb. Dude is right. I'm like, dude, bro. Because I understand that he's no longer there. I understand what this represents. He took the keys from death, hell, and the grave. 
He's not there anymore. And because he's not there anymore, gives me the audience with him. Allows me to feel the presence of God. I'm thankful for the tomb. And I've got this rock of Caesarea Philippi where he stood in the front of the pagan temples of that day. Many would say, don't go there, God. It's a red zone. It's the world. But he chose Caesarea Philippi to begin to ask his disciples in the midst of the pagan temples, he said, who do men say that I am? And Peter stood up and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, upon this revelation, upon this stone, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the stones. What do these stones mean? He is my rock. He is my stone. Hath the builders rejected. He's become, Brother McIntosh, my chief cornerstone. That's why God has done so many incredible things in your life. It's the old song that says, nobody knows like I know what the Lord has done for me. And nobody can tell it like I can. You've got a story. You've got a testimony. God has given you a rock. God has given you a stone that you can let this world know. Can I tell you what the stones mean? Because, Brother Jose, as we talked, we weren't raised on this. But it's our job. You've got a baby you're holding. And that baby's going to grow up. Sophia already does it. She plays church. There's coming a day and they're going to ask, Daddy, what do these stones mean? There's going to come a day, Brother Landry, that this boy is going to come down to the front and he's going to need the gift of the Holy Ghost. How long has it been, Brother Ethan? About a year, a year and a half. This is my Holy Ghost man. All because Daddy said, Hey, can I tell you? What these stones mean. What they represent. I wish somebody would lift up their hands and somebody lift up their voice. There is a generation. There is future generations that are depending on us to tell them the story. Lest we forget. Music team, come. Come quickly. I've preached way too long. But I want to finish with this. In this Ziploc bag are pennies.
I don't even know how many they're in. How many there is in here? And I had a grandfather that came. He was, I didn't know he was the grandfather. But I had a gentleman that came to my office. And many times when people come to my office that I don't know off the streets, they're seeking this. And so I thought he was going to ask me for some money. And I was going to let him know, Brother Rudy, I'd love to give you some, but I very rarely carry cash. I just have credit cards. God help me. But most of them are paid off. Thank God for that. But there was a boy. Daddy began to talk about his grandson. He said, my grandson, he never been to your church. He's never attended there. But he said, every time we would pass by on the way to the hospital, it put a penny in this bag. Pastor, he was sick. Doctors couldn't give him the proper medicine. We didn't know why he was getting sick. But every time, he'd drop a penny in this bag. He said, and on his deathbed, he looked at me and said, Grandpa, could you bring this to the church? Could you give it to the kingdom of God? I know it may not mean much in monetary value. But if we can become and have childlike faith, let will say, God, I'm not living for this world. I'm living for you. And I know there's a world that may not understand what these stones mean. That's why I have a job. That's why I've got a duty. That's why I have a responsibility to live this life outside the four walls. What do these stones mean in your life? What value do you have to the kingdom of God? You've got family and you've got friends. This world needs to hear about the story. And you're the only one that'll stand in that gap. You're the only Jesus that this world will ever see. Because they're going to ask you one of these days, why you come to church? What's so big about revival? Can I tell you about Jesus? Can I tell you about the stones? I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. I need some moms and dads and some young people. I need you to lift up your hands and lift up your voice and say, God, place it in my heart. Birth it in my spirit. Let me have a love for you and a love for the kingdom of God. Come on. What do these stones mean? What do they represent to you? Doesn't matter how long you've been in this. Doesn't matter you have been raised in this. What matters is today. I'm going to change. My tomorrow. I'm going to let God. Forgive me of my past. Come on, lift up your voice. 
Don't let it die with you. You gotta pass it on to those around oh. me. Holy, oh. there is no one like you. Shataraka. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Let's turn this in who you are to an old-fashioned prayer meeting. With your heart and let's begin to connect with heaven and your love to those around me. What does this mean? What's it worth? No one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Oh, I feel him here. I feel him in this house. Come on, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, heroes of faith. They left behind stones. They left behind treasures, testimonies. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. Come on, you can't change yesterday. You can't change your past, but you can change today. Today's the day I break the curse. Today's the day I walk into blessings. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. And I will put my trust Come on, lift up your voice right now. Alone. Jesus. And Jesus. I will not be I've got family that needs this. I've got friends that need there this. There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me. With your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me. With your heart and lead.
trust in you alone and I will not be shaken holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me there is no one like you there Hallelujah. is none beside you i know i said all fathers come and get a stone you keep playing keep singing a little bit but you young men Hopefully we have enough. With your heart and if you like to grab a stone, and your love to that stone doesn't mean much, a few bucks, but what it represents there is no hopefully will change your life. Like you. there is As they play, why don't you grab a stone? You. Open up my why don't you make a commitment? I'm going to live for God. Show me. I'm going to do what's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I love you today. I love you, God, today. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside. Hallelujah. Open up my eyes. We live in a world that is so quick. To judge, kill, and destroy. There was a woman that had a past. The woman that was caught in the very act of adultery. Everybody had a stone. And they were getting ready to, Brother Rudy, to throw them at her. And back in the day, if the kids talked back and were disobedient, They were disobedient for very long. My, how our world would change. But everybody was quick to throw. But Jesus said that he was without sin. Let him cast the first stone. And the stones of forgiveness begin to drop. Don't pick up a stone of judgment, pick up a stone of mercy. Pick up a stone of love and forgiveness. Let this world know what these stones mean. We have the power, life and death, in our hands. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you have placed this treasure in earthen vessels. Unworthy temples we are. But because of your mercy, your love, and your grace, we're here today. And I'm praying that everybody would carry their testimony with them. And they'd let this world know the true story of you. Bless everybody here today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands under the Lord?